Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this narration of why humans avoid war, taken from Reddit. If you're new to the series, there is a playlist listed in the description. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Kylon Point of View Clinical Death A human phrase that refers to the absence of respiration and a heartbeat. What any normal species would simply call death. The human doctor in the flagship's medical wing told me I had no vital functions for a little over two minutes. This claim seemed impossible, given that I was very much alive. When I pressed him for how that was possible, he basically said they beat my corpse back to life. Though he dressed up the concept with a scientific jargon. Chest compressions, I believe was the term. If that was a Terran idea of a joke, that wasn't very funny. That wound should have been mortal, by all known medical standards. Waking up in a surreal, all-white room, strung out on whatever drug cocktails that were in those IVs, my first thought had been that I was dead. I still wasn't fully convinced there wasn't the afterlife, or some trick of the dying mind. What are you thinking about? It was Commander Rykov, seated at the bar stool next to me, dressed in civilian clothes, the flagship had stopped on Luna for maintenance following our little adventure, and I had obliged his offer to hit the local pub. You going to stare a hole through the counter there? I tried to snap out of my thoughts, sighing, I'm thinking I need a drink. He chuckled, beckoning the bartender. That's the spiriter. Two shots of vodka. The barkeep nodded, and she shuffled off to fill his request. I could feel the few stares directed at me and I realized, with a bit of discomfort, that I was the only non-human in the establishment. I glanced up at the television screens on the wall, trying to distract myself. The sound was muted, but I could see the closed captioning ticking across the picture. For Speaker Ula's resignation intensify, after internal memos disparaging various Federation representatives were leaked to the press, the source of this information is unclear, but she has, of course, accused the Terran Union... What exactly did she say? I asked, pointing at the screen. Well, uh, for one, uh, she called the Heractor Ambassador a gutless, witless, and possibly brainless, and then proceeded to say that she would hardly consider his species sentient. You can see how that might be offensive. Might be. I'd say her days as speaker are numbered. I gave the commander a pointed look, crossing my arms. I'm glad your brother's friend exposed her. Rykov stiffened, alarm flashing in his eyes. Uh, I, I don't know what you... I'll stop you right there. Yes, you do, I growled. Do you think I'm stupid? Me all thought that the hot owl were just paranoid. But they were right when they said your diplomats were spies, weren't they? Between us, um, yes, but it's best not to talk about this. The agency doesn't have rules, and uh, it has ears everywhere. The human had lowered his voice to just above a whisper. I had never seen him look this uncomfortable, which unnerved me as well. We need to talk anyways. Uh, Pavel uh, wants me to ask you to keep quiet about how Kazel died. I told him that we could trust you. There was an implicit question in his words, asking whether that trust was justified. His tone was almost bleeding, and his eyebrows were scrunched up with concern. I suspected that the warrior was for my welfare rather than his own. 
If these spies would waltz into the middle of a standoff and murder a planetary ambassador in cold blood, I had no doubt that they would ensure my silence, one way or another. You can, my lips are sealed, I said. Next time, just give me the straight, though. I don't appreciate this State Department bullshit. I know, General, and I'm sorry. I had to maintain his cover, but I never should have dragged you into the embassy mess to begin with. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. I wish I could have seen the look on their faces when the flagship showed up. The bartender returned, placing two tiny glasses of clear liquid in front of us. I squinted, inspecting the drink with suspicious eye. This was a rather small serving for an alcoholic beverage, but perhaps humans were more susceptible to the alcohol's effects. After taking a single whiff of the drink, however, I recoiled in shock. It seemed that quite the opposite was true. Is this diluted at all? It smells like pure alcohol. You said you needed a drink. I figured you needed the good stuff, not just a beer. The commander downed the entire glass at a single gulp, and then grinned at me. Your turn. I hesitated, but swallowed the drink as the human did. The strength of the brew left me coughing, my eyes streaming from its intensity. I clutched at my throat as I felt the vodka burning a trail down my gullet. The only thing that kept me from pitching out of my chair was Commander Rykov, who seemed unimpaired as he caught me. What is wrong with you people? I spluttered. It seemed that my struggle had caught the attention of the bar's occupants, and many of them were having a laugh at my expense. Seeing the good-natured mirth in the commander's eyes, I couldn't help but crack a smile. I shook my head, trying to clear the fuzzy feeling from my mind. I'm pretty sure that would be considered a poison in the Federation. Rykov shrugged. The Federation is boring. One more. I'm good. Your loss. I pried the human's arms off of me, trying to rise to my feet. The lightheadedness wasn't exactly pleasant, so walking it all seemed like a good idea. I only staggered a few steps before lurching to the floor. Reaching for the counter was to no avail. All I achieved was cutting my hand against its edge. I winced at the stinging sensation and studied my palm. Pure shock rocketed through my veins as I saw the wound shrinking before my eyes closing itself off as though by magic. The pain dulled into a gentle tingling, with the injury site feeling uncomfortably warm. That was not normal. Maybe it was the vodka? No. That wasn't how alcohol worked. If only I could think straight right now. I stared at Commander Rykov, hoping he had some explanation. There was no way I would have believed such a thing if I hadn't seen it with my own three eyes. A chill shot down my spine as I realized the human looked more alarmed than surprised. What exactly had they done to save my life? Something told me that I hadn't been given the whole truth. Again. What did you do? I spat. Look, uh, it was my fault that you got shot. Um, I had to fix it. I had to, he muttered. My anger was already giving way through confusion. I'm sorry, what... I don't blame you. I knew what I was getting into. Now I ask again, what did you do? We, uh, injected you with an experimental nanotechnology. I took a few ragged breaths, trying to process the information. Humans weaponizing nanites, and then turning around and used them for medical purposes. The whole thing sounded both illegal and dangerous. 
but since I would have been dead without the intervention, did I really have the right to complain? Didn't seem to have done any harm. In fact, a sample of my blood could be quite useful to the Jutari Confederacy. I suspected if the two remaining military species wanted to remain relevant, we needed to play catch-up to Terran technology. Or else, the Federation might turn to Earth as its sole protector. Reverse engineering would speed up the process by decades. Right now, the Terran Union was a friend, and I hoped that it would stay that way. But times and governments change, and being at the mercy of humanity's mood swings didn't seem like the best foreign policy decision. It was likely the Confederacy would try to step in as Earth's new trading partner, and after witnessing the implosion of the Zanuck Republic, I knew that we needed to take a more cautious approach, not get too entangled or dependent. General, uh, please talk to me. The commander's voice was pleading, almost desperate. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. I dusted myself off, rising on unsteady legs. I want to know what your thing is with nanites. He laughed, clapping me on the back. You're a piece of work. I smiled, but my mind was elsewhere. Perhaps it would be mutually beneficial if we brokered some sort of under-the-table deal. We could advance the humans' research, offer them a generous amount of credits, in exchange for arms and technology. Now that I realized how fond the Terrans were of subtlety, I figured that I just needed to get my government to join them in the shadows. I decided to broach the subject with the commander later, when I was sober, and we were in the somewhere less public. With any luck, our friendship would lead to a long-lasting partnership between our species as equals. End of chapter. Kylon point of view. Clinical death. A human phrase that refers to the absence of respiration and a heartbeat. What any normal species would simply call death. The human doctor in the flagship's medical wing told me I had no vital functions for a little over two minutes. This claim seemed impossible, given that I was very much alive. When I pressed him for how that was possible, he basically said they beat my corpse back to life. Though he dressed up the concept with a scientific jargon. Chest compressions, I believe was the term. If that was a Terran idea of a joke, that wasn't very funny. That wound should have been mortal, by all known medical standards. Waking up in a surreal, all-white room, strung out on whatever drug cocktails there were in those IVs, my first thought had been that I was dead. I still wasn't fully convinced there wasn't the afterlife or some trick of the dying mind. What are you thinking about? It was Commander Rykov, seated at the bar stool next to me, dressed in civilian clothes. The flagship had stopped on Luna for maintenance following our little adventure, and I had obliged his offer to hit the local pub. You gonna stare a hole through the counter there? I tried to snap out of my thoughts, sighing, I'm thinking I need a drink. He chuckled, beckoning the bartender. That's the spirit, uh, two shots of vodka. The barkeep nodded, and she shuffled off to fill his request. I could feel the few stares directed at me, and I realized, with a bit of discomfort, that I was the only non-human in the establishment. I glanced up at the television screens on the wall, trying to distract myself. The sound was muted, but I could see the closed captioning ticking across the picture. 
for Speaker Ulu's resignation intensify after internal memos disparaging various Federation representatives were leaked to the press. The source of this information is unclear, but she was, of course, accused the Terran Union. What exactly did she say? I asked, pointing at the screen. Well, uh, for one, uh, she called the Heractor Ambassador a gutless, witless, and possibly brainless, and then proceeded to say that she would hardly consider his species sentient. You can see how that might be offensive. Might be. I'd say her days as speaker are numbered. I gave the commander a pointed look, crossing my arms. I'm glad your brother's friend exposed her. Rykov stiffened, alarm flashing in his eyes. Uh, I, I, I don't know what you... I'll stop you right there. Yes, you do, I growled. Do you think I'm stupid? Me all thought that the hot owl were just paranoid. But they were right when they said your diplomats were spies, weren't they? Between us, um, yes, but it's best not to talk about this. The agency doesn't have rules, and uh, it has ears everywhere. The human had lowered his voice to just above a whisper. I'd never seen him look this uncomfortable, which unnerved me as well. We need to talk anyways. Uh, Pavel uh, wants me to ask you to keep quiet about how Kazel died. I told him that we could trust you. There was an implicit question in his words, asking whether that trust was justified. His tone was almost bleeding, and his eyebrows were scrunched up with concern. I suspected that the worry was for my welfare rather than his own. If these spies would waltz into the middle of a standoff and murder a planetary ambassador in cold blood, I had no doubt that they would ensure my silence, one way or another. You can, my lips are sealed, I said. Next time, just give me the straight, though. I don't appreciate this State Department bullshit. I know, General, and I'm sorry. I had to maintain his cover, but I never should have dragged you into the embassy mess to begin with. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. I wish I could have seen the look on their faces when the flagship showed up. The bartender returned, placing two tiny glasses of clear liquid in front of us. I squinted, inspecting the drink with a suspicious eye. This was a rather small serving for an alcoholic beverage, but perhaps humans were more susceptible to the alcohol's effects. After taking a single whiff of the drink, however, I recoiled in shock. It seemed that quite the opposite was true. Is this diluted at all? It smells like pure alcohol. You said you needed a drink. I figured you needed the good stuff, not just a beer. The commander downed the entire glass at a single gulp, and then grinned at me. Your turn. I hesitated, but swallowed the drink as the human did. The strength of the brew left me coughing, my eyes streaming from its intensity. I clutched at my throat as I felt the vodka burning a trail down my gullet. The only thing that kept me from pitching out of my chair was Commander Rykov, who seemed unimpaired as he caught me. What is wrong with you people? I spluttered. It seemed that my struggle had caught the attention of the bar's occupants, and many of them were having a laugh at my expense. Seeing the good-natured mirth in the commander's eyes, I couldn't help but crack a smile. I shook my head, trying to clear the fuzzy feeling from my mind. I'm pretty sure that would be a considered a poison in the Federation. Rykov shrugged. The Federation is boring. One more. I'm good. Your loss. I pried the human's arms off of me, trying to rise to my feet. The lightheadedness wasn't exactly pleasant, 
so walking it all seemed like a good idea. I only staggered a few steps before lurching to the floor. Reaching for the counter was to no avail. All I achieved was cutting my hand against its edge. I winced at the stinging sensation and studied my palm. Pure shock rocketed through my veins as I saw the wound shrinking before my eyes, closing itself off as though by magic. The pain dulled into a gentle tingling, with the injury site feeling uncomfortably warm. That was not normal. Maybe it was the vodka? No. That wasn't how alcohol worked. If only I could think straight right now. I stared at Commander Rykov, hoping he had some explanation. There was no way I would have believed such a thing if I hadn't seen it with my own three eyes. A chill shot down my spine as I realized the human looked more alarmed than surprised. What exactly had they done to save my life? Something told me that I hadn't been given the whole truth. Again. What did you do? I spat. Look, uh, it was my fault that you got shot. Um, I had to fix it. I had to, he muttered. My anger was already giving way to confusion. I'm sorry, what? I don't blame you. I knew what I was getting into. Now I ask again, uh, what did you do? We, uh, injected you with an experimental nanotechnology. I took a few ragged breaths, trying to process the information. Humans weaponizing nanites, and then turning around and used them for medical purposes. The whole thing sounded both illegal and dangerous. But since I would have been dead without the intervention, did I really have the right to complain? It didn't seem to have done any harm. In fact, a sample of my blood could be quite useful to the Jutari Confederacy. I suspected if the two remaining military species wanted to remain relevant, we needed to play catch-up to Terran technology. Or else, the Federation might turn to Earth as its sole protector. Reverse engineering would speed up the process by decades. Right now, the Terran Union was a friend, and I hoped that it would stay that way. But times and governments change, and being at the mercy of humanity's mood swings didn't seem like the best foreign policy decision. It was likely the Confederacy would try to step in as Earth's new trading partner, and after witnessing the implosion of the Zanuck Republic, I knew that we needed to take a more cautious approach, not get too entangled or dependent. General, uh, please talk to me. The commander's voice was pleading, almost desperate. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. I dusted myself off, rising on unsteady legs. I want to know what your thing is with nanites. He laughed, clapping me on the back. You're a piece of work. I smiled, but my mind was elsewhere. Perhaps it would be mutually beneficial if we brokered some sort of under-the-table deal. We could advance the humans' research, offer them a generous amount of credits, in exchange for arms and technology. Now that I realized how fond the Terrans were of subtlety, I figured that I just needed to get my government to join them in the shadows. I decided to broach the subject with the commander later, when I was sober, and we were in the somewhere less public. With any luck, our friendship would lead to a long-lasting partnership between our species as equals. End of chapter. By M. POV. So why exactly was the refugee camp set up in a military base? I asked. Cole's face revealed nothing as he glanced up from his cards. 
Not everyone believes your little story, Byam. They want to keep an eye on you, make sure that you're not a threat. Wouldn't want you to try anything back on Earth. After the rescue mission on our homeworld, the humans moved us to a military outpost on a terraformed colony. From what I understood, its chief function was as a listening station, though it also could serve as a launch point for a preemptive strike if needed. They cropped up the ten city on the premises with relative ease, and had ample food reserves to accommodate us, at least for a few weeks. Carl had requested a transfer to the refugee camp while he recovered from his injuries, which I was grateful for. I could tell a lot of the Terran soldiers didn't like us from their strained body language and curt replies. The three other humans at the table hadn't so much as looked at me throughout the game. I had only been taught this poker game yesterday, but the rules were simple enough. Trying to read the humans for silence of deception was another story. Honestly, this game seemed designed for sociopaths. Did their species derive pleasure from lying? With a frustrated sigh, I folded my hand. Obviously, you humans are much better at lying than me. Cole smirked, raking in my chips. You can't just let us bully you. Sometimes, uh, you have to call. Can I look at your cards? Go for it, I grumbled. Ma'am, why did you fold? The look he gave me seemed almost angry. Then I shrunk down in my seat. You have pocket aces. You know that's good, right? Yes. But I don't know what you had. It doesn't matter. That's literally the best starting hand. What did you have? Cole flipped over his cards, revealing a two and a seven. I heard a few curses coming from the man next to me. And I was half tempted to drop some colorful language as well. Why would he make a large bet with such a weak hand? It defied all logic. Maybe I'm not just wired for this, I said. Hey, hey, don't give up now. How about instead of worrying about lying, you look at it as a math game. Try to figure out the odds that someone has. A wailing alarm drowned out the end of Cole's explanation, startling me a half to death. With its shrill pitch, it was unmissable. I covered my eyes, but it did little to muffle the sound. Fear began to creep up on me. Nothing that loud could mean anything good. I glanced at the humans, hoping for reassurance. They looked puzzled, yet I got a distinct impression that they were waiting for orders. Incoming orbital raid, a low mechanical voice confirmed by concerns. All soldiers to your stations, this is not a drill. All games and the leisure were forgotten in an instant. The automated message hadn't even finished before my friend was tugging me by the arm, leading the way out of the lounge. I followed him in a daze. Happiest will stay at the camp had lulled me into a false sense of security. Who would be foolish enough to attack the invincible Terran military, after all? I was tempted to ask, but Carl seemed just as surprised as me. We exited the building with haste, and I took a peek at the pandemonium around us. Terran soldiers were nearly tripping over themselves, racing to their destinations, while the medical personnel were shuffling refugees off to the bunker. A squadron of fighter jets was already lined up on the tarmac, preparing to take to the skies. The response to the attack was almost immediate. The humans could intercept the enemy before they ever reached the planet. I slowed my pace, trying to catch my breath. 
Where are we going? I'm taking you to the bomb shelter with the others, Cole replied. I frowned. What about you? Well, they'll want me there too, because I'm not clear to fly 